Welcome to the Krypton Podcast, your podcast for all things related to sci-fi's Superman prequel series, Krypton. I'm Lacey, and with me as always is my host, Mich- is my co-host, Michelle. Hey! Yeah, like you're just my personal host, like you're- you walk around just like introducing me wherever I go. That would be amazing, actually. That would be amazing. I That'd just narrate scary. your life. <laughs> I would um, want Morgan Freeman to narrate my life if that was a real I, thing. I don't know, though, because all those memes are always, like, when bad things are happening, I hear, like, the Morgan Freeman <laughs> voice. They did not. And I don't I don't know that I feel that, that he would be a, a raft of positive things in my life. So mm. I might have to pick a different... A you different... know what? That's true. I think I want someone British to narrate my life. Yeah. Definitely someone British. Like, like Dame Judi Dench. That would actually be super perfect. I was going to say Maggie Smith, but I feel like they're both on the same level. That's Although true. I do feel a little bit more like Maggie Smith might be judgier than Judy Dench is. So maybe if Maggie Smith as um, her Downton Abbey character narrated my life, that would be amazing. Oh my gosh, that would be so amazing. <laughs> this is a podcast about Krypton, guys. But, it is, it uh, is, I swear. They're you're British, you're same thing. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I feel I feel like British people live in space. It's okay. We don't ever deviate from the source material. I don't know. What you're Nothing saying. of never. the sort. Um, hi, hi. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to season two. Um, there's a lot in this episode. Like, like a lot. I don't even know. Like, this is where I wish we were a little bit more linear in our layout because I'm not even sure like where to start with this. There's just so much to talk about. This is only the second episode. Oh my god, I know. It's so, like, I mean, I remember this from last season, too. Like, every episode would be like, oh my god! So many things! So I guess I was, like, forgetting that that's a thing on this show. That there's always, like, a million things that happen in the in the 46 minutes that it's on the air. Oh, it is relentless. <laughs> Especially since everybody's in sort of, like, three distinct areas. So there's, like, three distinct groups of insane things happening. Um, let's start, let's start with, with Lobo, I think, because my favorite part still, this is a little weird for me to say, considering I wasn't a huge fan of, as you know, your boy last season, but, um, Seg and Adam are kind of my life right now. Oh my God. So I'm so glad that you're on that, on that train with me. Cause they were, they've always been sort of my life. So I'm happy that like everyone, <laughs> everyone is on that plane. They are just everything like their relationship is my favorite thing on the whole show i know i just i'm so shocked like i feel like i know it's only been two episodes but i feel like they have such a great handle right now on adam that i don't feel like they had in parts of last season and it's making me so happy because he's so funny i i love i mean i just love shauna shauna is so good at, at at this character i think and him and cameron together are like their chemistry is just so amazing but I was um, I was a little concerned with, you know, the idea of sort of isolating them from the rest of the story. Because mm-hmm. that is something that that in, in other narratives doesn't really work. You know, like when you have these characters that are complete, completely isolated in a completely separate story. Um, and obviously, I mean, I don't it, there's only 10 episodes for the season. So it's not something that's going to go on, I would imagine, the entire season. Um, but I it was just so enjoyable, like you had like a lot of heavy stuff happening over on Krypton. So then like to have this sort of like light and airy comedic, like funny stuff happening on Kalu with Lobo, I think it like balanced itself out really nicely. Yeah, I agree with you because it's so like, it's even so just visually different. It's so much brighter. 
it's so much more like I don't even know what the word is for like not industrial you know there's trees and nature it's it's just so visually different from everything else that's going on I do appreciate that they're trying to at least keep things sort of narratively connected with with Lobo's hunt for Brainiac and everything so it's like everything is part of the same story but it does sort of feel like they're off on a buddy like a buddy comedy like they're in Wedding Crashers and like (laughs) everyone else is in like I don't know Terminator right (laughs) (laughs) that that sounds kind of accurate yep Mm -hmm. but it works somehow it works and it's like one of these things that's like so sort of amazing to me about the way that Cam Welsh has like laid out this show where on some other show it wouldn't work Mm -hmm. but like here it does and I and I like love it you know and like even Lobo like he's like making these jokes and like him and Adam just back and forth they're like sparring with like the inappropriate comments and like it just was so perfect and like him laughing at them and I loved the whole bit where he's like, you know who I am. And Seg's like, nah. Oh my gosh. Can I tell you in like my notes from watching this episode, I literally have, I've written down, written down Seg, Seg's face when he doesn't know who Lobo is, is me. I feel you, my dude. I was like, what is happening? What is this guy? I mean, we all know I've been very upfront about my Lobo ignorance, which is still present, which I think I'm just going to lean into now. Because I feel like, you know, this is a show that, that is for everyone, whether they're a comics, like, hardcore person or not. And I'm just going to be the person who doesn't know who this character is. Because I was just like, I feel I feel this in my soul right now. Like, right. I was like, what is he talking about? Uh, you know what I, what I, I think is really neat about this show is there's always, and I, I had kind of written this in my recap today. So I was analyzing the character of Adam a little bit and... Um, I feel like there's always a character in the narrative that is representative of the audience, or some faction of the audience. So, like, for for example, what I w- what I was saying was like in season one, you know, Adam was this character who was there for Superman and only for Superman. Mm-hmm. Like that was what he was there for. And then by the end of the season, he gets to this point where he's now become so invested in the relationships that he's formed with these, with these other people that he actually makes a sacrifice. um, You know, he sacrifices his mission to sort of, to save them. And I sort I likened it to the idea of us as an audience. Most people who watched Krypton went into it with like, I'm only watching this because it's a Superman prequel. Mm -hmm. Like Superman's the thing that's getting me in front of the TV. Um, and so it was like very much like Adam, I'm here for Superman and only for Superman. But as the season went on, we became invested in the characters and we became so invested in their story that it was like when we got to this point where they've now done something that may have erased Superman from existence, you're kind of like, eh, let me see where this is going. <laughs> like, like Superman has almost become a non-factor at this point, which is a good thing. It means that they're doing a good job telling that story, you know? So I feel like now that we've come into season two, Adam is, again, like the audience where now it's not even really about Superman anymore. It's about getting back and helping his friends. And if in the process he's able to fix the things for his planet, that's cool. But, you know, if not, he still sort of has this home with these people. And I feel like that's super, like, representative of of the audience. I really like that as a reading, too, because I'm still, like, 
I'm still going to die on the hill of we're in a different timeline now. All of the Superman stuff is kind of like irrelevant anyway. But I do think you're 100% right in, in that of all the things I'm interested in in the show right now, like how they're going to save, how they're going to save Kal-El is not like even in the top 10 list of, of things that right. I'm watching this for right now, which is, which is, and I don't, I don't actually think until you said that, that I really thought about what a big, what a big journey that is from point A to point B, especially considering that this, this show was marketed and sold as, as being about Superman's grandfather. Right. And now I'm like, eh, whatever. Superman's in a million other shows. It's fine. I love all these other people more. <laughs> it's a big, it's a big testament to how well that they've built up all these characters. And I think that's one of the things like you had mentioned last season, like you felt like they didn't know what to do with Adam mm -hmm. and how this season Adam feels like he fits more. Mm -hmm. That, that for me, like leans into that idea. There was very much like, Adam's a fish out of water in the first season. And so is the audience in terms of like, what is really going on here? Am I going to like this? What is this really about? How am I going to get invested in this? And How now are they going to make with so many episodes about whether or not Superman will exist? <laughs> right. And now it's like in season two, it's like, no, I'm all in. I fit now. And so now Adam fits. And so it's like funny to me because then I feel like there are other times where like, so Cameron, Cameron Walsh has done that with the Adam character. And I also feel like he does that with these little things. Like you said, like he knows that there's char there's people out there who have no idea who Brainiac is or who have no idea who Lobo is. And so there's always someone in the story that has that like, who, what, what are you talking about? Like last year with Brainiac, Adam knew who Brainiac was. And he was like, listen, Brainiac is coming. And they're all like, who, what? And Brainiac is a character that, like, if you are a fan of Superman, you know who Brainiac is. So you have a little bit of knowledge. So you're, again, you're sort of like Adam. Whereas, like, this with Lobo, like, Lobo is sort of a, I mean, to me anyway, he's like a tertiary comic book character. He's not really, like, a huge character. Uh, I mean, I'll be honest. I know a lot about comics, and I've only really, like, heard of him because he was going to be on this show. And I was like, Who? So I feel like having Seg be the person who's like, I don't know who you are, dude. Like, that is like speaking for the audience, you know, for the people who there's going to be people who know who he is. And there's going to be people who are like, I, uh, yeah, I don't know. I did feel <laughs> like, extreme. I felt extremely seen. I was like, <laughs> thanks, Siegel. <laughs> oh, my God. I uh, Siegel. <laughs> Crap Town and Siegel. The, so seagull, good. the seagull thing had me dying. He's like, what? Seagull? Yeah, seagull. Okay. Uh, oh, that was, that was so, so good. Um, here is a thing. Like, Lobo is a lot. Like, I feel, I hope, I hope that this character, especially since he's getting a spinoff, they will do sort of the same transformation with this particular character because watching this first sort of extended scene with him, I was A, so lost as to who the heck he was. B, could not stop staring at his weird, like, screaming skull codpiece, WTF. <laughs> like, I just, it was very uncomfortable for me. I did not feel good about it. But, like, he's so, like, um, Emmett Scanlon is so charming in the part that it's, like, it's enjoyable to watch him, even though I literally have next to no idea what's going on. Except yeah. the screaming skull codpiece, which we could get rid of at any point, and I would be... <laughs> so distracting oh my god it's like what like there was this like when the scene where they're like tied to the tree and the like lobo standing and just the angle of like 
of, of them trying to talk to him while he was standing there and that thing is like right there and I was just like can we put that away like <laughs> stop I love to like I love that this show is on like a cable channel because of like all of the like inappropriate like jokes and co- I mean they were like firing or what oh my god they were firing like one after another and I was like oh my god <laughs> this they could not have this dialogue on another channel um but they're just so and I feel like he fits so well with Adam and Seg like the the three of them together like their dynamic was so good and I'm like oh this is great because you know when you have like those two characters that like you know they went they fit so well together and they have chemistry and then you throw a third person in and it's always kind of like eh. You're like, like, I'd rather be watching these other two people. Get rid of this person, you know? Like, I thought he he brought something to them that was fun. It made it, like, a little more fun, a little less heavy. Um, even though, like, it's still sort of a heavy situation. I felt like he just sort of brought, like, this brightness that we we haven't really had before on this show. And I enjoyed it. The one thing I will say, after only having watched it him once, and, you know, maybe I'll have a different opinion a couple episodes in... I don't necessarily know that I would watch an entire show about him. I mean, we're going to because we're going to talk about it. But right, I <laughs> also like. I don't. I will agree with you in the sense that I don't know, like, what the story for that show is. I mean, I yeah. guess he's a. I mean, I guess he's a bounty hunter. I feel like somebody's going to yell at us because I just said that and it's not right. But I feel like he's a bounty. No, hunter. he is. He's a bounty hunter. So, Maybe there's sort of like a like a bounty hunting. I just I'm making the biggest like expansive <laughs> gesture with my hands that no one can see. But like he's like a bounty hunter through space or whatever. But I also kind of am, I don't know. I'm willing to. This is another thing that just shows how how well that Cam Walsh and everybody have done this. I'm willing to to trust them and see what happens. But also I'm just like this. This is the guy they give a show to. But maybe, the, I don't know. There's still right. eight more episodes. Like, maybe there's a huge arc for him in here that I just can't see because this character is is not super familiar to me. Right. But... I mean, the one thing I'll say is, like, listen, when they announced this show, I was like, who gives a shit about Krypton before Superman? Like, I'm not watching yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. And then I was, like, forced to watch it. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is my favorite TV show ever. <laughs> so... Well, I was like, I don't... Actually, that's a great comparison, though, because <laughs> I was more like, oh, I'll totally watch that because I actually really love all the stuff in Man of Steel that's on Krypton. And I just, I think that whole, like, looking at the society angle of it is mm-hmm. really interesting. Yeah. But too. I also, my primary concern was, like, I don't know where this show goes if it has, like, an ending we already know. Right. And they got around that. So. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think... I think for me, there's something of, like, the type of character that Lobo is and that, like, humor and stuff is not always necessarily my thing. Mm -hmm. Like, I wouldn't search something out like that. Um, But like you said, in the vein of the fact that Cameron Walsh has done such an amazing job with Krypton, like, I would absolutely give it a chance and be like, well, let me watch it and just see. Like, and it might not be for me, and that's fine. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, w- I would definitely, I'll definitely, of course, watch it. I mean, I, s- I say that like, I'm not going to watch it, but I am. I know, like, we're not going to watch it and talk about it. <laughs> and that's talk gonna about be it. Like, that's going to be like our, our hiatus show on the pod. So we don't right. like take another eight month break like we did last time. <laughs> it's fine. 
we're still sorry about that. i hope you're happy to hear our voices again Um, right i hope somebody out there is like still listening we forgot last week to sort of tell you guys to email us and tweet at us and stuff and i was like wow no one's emailed us or tweeted at us and i was like probably because we didn't ask them to at least i hope that that's the case and not just that you've all vanished into into the ether that would be bad yeah um Anyway, so, while, we're, while we're still on the on the we're still on Kalu. Yes, your your favorite. It's in the computer, <laughs> but with Brainiac. <laughs> so I oh so okay. Shout out to everybody who didn't think Brainiac was actually. I mean, dead. I do I do feel very validated because we didn't either. Right. We were, like but we all knew. I totally didn't expect him to be in Seg, which I don't know why because we knew he could do that um but holy shit Brainiac is inside a seg <laughs> I know I kind of again this is this is me being like and they talked about this a little bit but like when he was in other people like there was still sort of like a, a like a base camp edition while he was puppeteering other people like his actual body was was still somewhere else and I'm kind of confused as to how this is working now that he doesn't seem to have a body anymore, but maybe he's going to build a robot body. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I mean, yeah, no, (laughs) I was already with some like intelligent comment, but it's not there. Uh, Yeah, no, I don't, I have no idea. I'm intrigued. Um, I do have a small theory that I'm interested to see if I am correct about. So when we saw the preview for this episode and we saw Seg like fling Lobo's weapon out of the way, um, I saw a couple people were like, oh, they spoiled the twist that Brainiac was inside of Seg. And I was like, oh, that's not even what I thought at all. What I thought was it's awfully bright on the planet Kalu. It kind of looks like that planet might have a yellow sun. And we know how yellow suns and Kryptonians work. So my thought was that Seg had powers like Superman. Um, and so now I'm I'm curious to see if I'm correct because Kalu does look like it. I tried to search the interwebs to see what type of color sun Kalu has and DC wiki fandom did not give me that information. So if there's someone out there who knows that information, let me know if I'm right or wrong. Um, But so my thought is that I think maybe perhaps he is currently absorbing this quote unquote yellow sun. And that may come into play when he has to extract Brainiac from him. I like this theory. This is a good theory. I also just really want to see Seg have Superman like powers just because I love Cameron and he's a big Superman fan. So I want him to have I that. I know <laughs> the part where he like reloads his arms like Henry Cavill. Like, and <laughs> I was like, oh, that looks just like that. Because I didn't see that movie. What is? It's one of the Mission Impossible movies, but I yeah. gave up on that franchise long ago. I just, oh my God, that, that movie was so good. I Is it? Oh I'm my God, so, I loved it. It was so good. I'm so tired of Tom Cruise. Henry Cavill is an amazing um, bad guy. But I just, I've seen that gif like so many times that I feel like I've seen the movie. (laughs) And 
I was like, oh, that looks just like that scene from <laughs> from that Mission Impossible movie that I didn't see. And I was like, oh, that's really funny. And then I camera tweeted that, you know, he had done it because Henry Cavill did it. And that's just my favorite thing about this episode. It's so, could this cast be cuter, please? I just, the my legit favorite thing about Cameron Cuff is what a fan he is of I what he's know. doing. Like, He's always like I'm. He he he's a comic book fan. He's a Superman fan. Like, and who, who better living his best life? Yes, every like, second of this. I just think to myself, like, wow, that that's like me getting to be in a Harry Potter movie. Yeah, or me like I'm suddenly on Doctor Who. Yeah. Oh no! Like, <laughs> it's just like that is so freaking cool. Like you have to just go to work every day. Like, this is amazing. And I'm like, it makes me so happy for him. So I love that he does these little things to, like, make nods to, like, all of the Supermen that have come before him and stuff. Like, he said he was, like, last season I did the Christopher Reeve thing, so he, or the George Reeves thing. So he's like, you know, this year I wanted to do, like, Henry Cavill. Like, it's just so cute. And I love that he tells us that he that it was done on purpose, you know? I just love him. He's just I so know, me too. But I do think that also, you know, could be evidence for your yellow sun theory. Too. I do. I think so. Also, I'm, because I'm I don't quite understand, like, why he has telekinesis. Like, it's like, where did that come from? Well, I guess Brainiac has it, I think. Let's just go with it. I'm willing yeah. to go with it because it was fun. But I also like the, uh, what, not telekinesis, tele- telepathy. <laughs> that was adorable. That was so funny. Are you talking? What? Oh, my God. <laughs> That was great. He's like, your lips didn't move. They're just so funny. They're so good together, him and Adam. That that whole scene was great when he's like, wait, your mouth didn't move. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm telepathic. Like, uh, they're like his two little face two was boys. so great. So cute. His, 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 oh, my God, I'm telepathic face was incredible. I just love them. Oh, they're just my favorite. I do think the show does need to lay out a little more sort of ground rules and I guess this is this they have time for this because they only sort of revealed this halfway through this episode of how this sort of like seg possession works like how often is he seg how often is he brainiac like are they fighting in his mind I don't know I'm I don't even know how to like phrase some of these things because I don't understand how this process yeah well I liked I liked that you know they had Adam say to him like are you driving the I forget exactly how he says it, but basically like, are you in charge kind of thing? And he's like, I am for now. So he's obviously like strong enough to sort of fight off whatever, you know, like when Brainiac was inside of um, Una's mom and stuff, like he's obviously stronger and able to fight off that sort of mind control or like when he, when, you know, Brainiac was inside Dev or whatever last season, Um, you know, he, he obviously has that. So that, that kind of leads into my theory too, because you know, we know that Superman is able to to beat Brainiac in comic lore. So, like, if Seg is strong enough to resist him, I feel like it's got to be the Yellow Sun thing. I like that. I'd, also, it would just explain how it's so much brighter there than right. everywhere else. <laughs> right. Than than everywhere, everywhere else on on Krypton. Uh, speaking of Krypton, I think we have to go talk about all the like upsetting stuff. What's happening there now? 
Oh, so Lyta done lost her mind. Oh my god, girl! You know that gif of like, oh no, baby, what is you doing? Like that yeah. would be the entire episode. <laughs> and I was like, girl, I love you, but like, what is happening? <laughs> so there was such a weird, like, it was such a weird imagery for me when you saw her training the Sagittari because I was like, that's literally what it looked like when we saw Jaina for the first time. Yeah, and she almost, has it was almost exactly the same. Yeah, it was almost exactly the same, and it's like she has become her mother, like the the very thing she hated about her mother. You know, now she is just like her, and. It's like, how, how, we get, how, how, how do we get here? here? Yeah. There's also something for me that's like, this show has always done amazing by its women. I mean, more so than I want to say any TV show that I watch. Um, the women, the way the women are written has always been like one of their strengths. I'm not wholly a fan of the idea that like, losing seg has turned her into this same because well for two reasons one i hate the idea that any zod woman would be like well my boyfriend died let me like go and crazy like because that's just such a terrible trope and two because i don't really know that and i know there was a time jump and maybe some stuff happened during the time jump that we don't know about yet but i feel like we haven't really seen enough for how she got there from where we left her to where she is now. Right. And instead it just makes me like really mad at her (laughs) instead of like, I don't, I feel like the show to some degree wants me to have an element of sympathy for her, but I don't at all. And, and I was trying to figure out why that is. I'm like, cause you know, she's in a, in a terrible situation like Seg is gone she's found out her grown adult son has arrived from the future <laughs> like her mom is she shot her mom like there's she's, girls going through a lot but I don't feel like at the end of last season all of that stuff was like enough to to make her turn ugly but now I just like I don't know how we got from that to like, I'm honoring Seg's legacy by literally like stealing his child from his mother. <laughs> Cause that seems like a lot to me. Right. And it doesn't seem like something Seg would want at all, you know, like, so to me, it's sort of like, what? Like, no. And like, even like from last episode when she's, you know, like brainwashing people and like torturing information out of them, and she's doing it all in, like, his good name. Like, I just was like, what? Like, no. Like, that's not at all, like, what he would want you to do. Like, what are you talking about? Like, so it's it's strange to me because she's sort of using him and his, like, and, and the idea of honoring his legacy to be sort of awful. And I'm like, mm. And to be, like, everything he worked against. Right. Like, he would not want the Krypton that they're building. And, and I, I, part of me is like, I wonder if the obvious answer is that she has spent some time in the brainwash chair, but then I look at, I look at the scene where she beats the hell out of that cadet that she thinks looks like Seg for a minute. And I'm like, well, that probably isn't true because if she had been brainwashed, then that whole sequence wouldn't have happened. Right. 
Like, oh, I don't know. That scene made me so uncomfortable. So not... uncomfortable. And I was like, what are you doing? Please stop. Like, it's not this boy's fault. Like, what, what is wrong with you? Yeah. I don't know. I wish that I just had a better... I wish I had a better feeling of where I thought this was going. Because I don't, I don't find Lyda like particularly sympathetic in this in this instance, and I don't, I really don't like. Not just that I don't like that she is like. Well, the answer here is that I'm obviously going to like kidnap Seg's baby and raise it as my own, because that's woo. But I also hate the sort of, I hate the sort of trope of. I'm going to make this woman who is hurting feel better by giving her a child. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, especially Lyda, who has, I mean, first pin in this, there is literally nothing wrong with being a parent or wanting to be a parent or having that as being like your highest goal in life. But up until this precise moment, we have not seen that be like a huge goal for her probably because she has such a messed up relationship with her own mother she had such other outwardly focused goals and dreams for herself right and now it's like well i guess i'll give my mom this baby and she'll stop whining is just it's it does i don't it makes me feel gross i don't like it as an arc for her and i don't even know that i see it as a real arc for her because i can't figure out like what kind of journey is she on here right i don't know i'm talking through a lot of this like just out loud but it's just because it really bothered me all of the light of stuff and i was trying to figure out why and i think it's just because i don't i don't feel like it doesn't feel super true to the the light of that i saw last season and i don't know how we got from that one to this one well, you know, it's funny. As I'm listening to you talk about it, I'm sort of thinking about what happens in in the episode, in the two episodes, right? And like, she does seem to go through these moments of like, where in her face you could see that she's maybe like, "Am I doing the right thing? Like, is this the right choice?" But then she sort of snaps, and so I wonder if you're supposed to feel, if the audience is supposed to feel uneasy about it because she does as well. Maybe. You know, because, like, even when he gives her the baby, she's kind of like, uh... Like, she has this face of, like, what? And then she looks at the baby, and she's like, oh, baby. You know, like, so it's like, I feel like she is is feeling sort of lost in all of it as well. Like, she doesn't really have anyone outside of her son. Because it's not like she bonded with Nissa in some way, that, and they're now on opposing sides. She doesn't really have any, you know, Seg was probably the most important person to her. He's gone. Her mother is gone. Um, Dev is ob- obviously not on her side. So it's like, she doesn't really have anyone. And so I wonder if she's kind of just like, well, because I don't have any anything but my son, I kind of just have to go with this plan that he has here. Because she does try to question him. You know, like in the beginning of the episode when we get to see Doomsday for 30 seconds and he takes out some Sagittarii and she sort of is like, you know, he's like, oh, no, it's good. This we lasted longer or whatever he says. And she's like, uh, no, these people are not trained right. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you, you, yeah, you 
you let them not be rankless anymore, but like you just made them soldiers and they're not really soldiers. Mm-hmm. So like she does question some things. And I wonder if, if as it goes on, we'll see her sort of question more. I, I hope so. Just because I feel like it's not true to the person that we know her to be, to be doing any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And also back to back to sort of her relationship with Drew. I also think it's really interesting the way that relationship has completely sort of turned because at least last season he it felt it felt more. I hesitate to use the words maternal because the uh, like their dynamic has never super felt maternal, but at least felt closer than it does now. And now it just feels like she's kind of occasionally. Arguing with him, but mostly just like kind of following him. Like he shuts her down real quick. Um, oh, what what is it when he's like, "This is me saying no," or or whatever it was. Like she when she wants to go train the when she wants to go train those rankless who are now Sagittari. He's like, "Oh nope, you have to stay here." And his reason for it isn't really because it, it isn't or at least to me, did not seem anything other than him wanting to make sure that she didn't get killed because he still has to be born. Right. Which I can't, the time. Which leads me back I to just my, can't. like, if I don't, like, obviously if he still hasn't been born yet, then Seg can't be dead. So does she not understand that? I don't understand it. So I can't really, I can't fault her for that. <laughs> I mean, unless she unless she plans on just making a baby once they get the codex, like is that her plan? Like because then I'm kind of like, wait a minute, like that's even weirder. Like, do you plan on just like making Druzod out of like once you guys get the codex? Like you're just gonna make a kid because Seg's DNA is in the system now because he had the baby with Lyda. I mean, with Nissa. So I'm kind of, that's the other thought I had is like, is her plan to just like have a kid with a dead person? Maybe. (laughs) And I'm like, huh, that's weird. Well, I also thought it was really weird. Not, not just because he sort of, you know, did the whole weird, like, I still have to be born. So you have to stay alive to be like (laughs) an incubator for me, which is gross. Gross. Right. Um, Two, I thought like in the past, you know, this episode and the premiere, like the show has sort of leaned a little bit away from like the timey wimey aspect of some of right. this. And I was like, oh, okay, we're just not going to pay as much attention to that because there's other stuff happening. Like, I still believe the timeline's changed, so probably some of it doesn't matter anyway. But now we're right back into it to like, gotta keep mom alive so I can be born. <laughs> And I was like, oh, no, now we're now we're back on this again. My yeah. Head. I mean, as someone who was very much like, OK, if Seg, quote unquote, died, then why didn't you just disappear? Oh, yeah. So I, I really needed them to address it. So I was glad that they at least were like he was you, you know, that the timeline is somewhat, I guess, malleable still at this point and that, you know, he will still be born in some way. And like that, he's like, no, no, you got to make sure you stay here because uh, you still got to have me in whatever way that happens, like, I still have to be born. I was glad they mentioned it, because it was something that was, like, on on my mind. 
I know. I know I said this last week, but it just so feels like the Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure trash can thing. And I just <laughs> I like it better when they don't make my head hurt. <laughs> and yeah. that's what this does. I just, because I don't, like, there's no, what did they call it on Doctor Who? I think they called it like a bootstrap paradox. And it's just like a circle that you just go back and forth on. And I, I don't know if there is a correct answer ever. So I like it when they ignore it. <laughs> See, I'm someone who wants all of the explanations, even if they don't make sense. I'm like, nope, I want you to give me an explanation. Is it just a loop? Is time a loop? It's like, what is what is actually happening right now? I need to understand how this is like functioning. The only show I sort of give up on that is The Flash, because when I try to explain, oh. I'm like, why? Well, they I don't even think they know what they're talking about. No, they don't. I love The it, Flash. So. Like, let me just put that first. But I need them to just never do time travel stories because it doesn't it doesn't make any sense. Like, yeah. so, like, I really liked Nora this season, but I don't understand how she didn't, like, completely change her own future and vanish. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm mm. fine. Oh, but speaking of Doomsday, like, did he just wander outside? Well, I'm glad that we did see him just sort of, like, messing shit up this week because... Yeah, at least we know he's, like, not in the tunnels still and people are just like not noticing it yeah but also i yeah i don't know where that's all <laughs> i liked that they addressed it because i remember last week we were like where is he is he just hiding somewhere like i don't understand <laughs> people just haven't seen it and i think that like last week they just were like we need to get you guys back we'll tell you about doomsday next week kind of thing which is fine um, and they were like looking for Doomsday, which I was like, again, I'm not really sure how you miss him because he's kind of big and destructive, but sure. Um, so I was glad to see this week that he was being large and destructive. So, yeah. Um, I mean, very destructive. Luke. You didn't really see too much about him. He's just there. Just likes to break stuff. I find it entertaining that General Zod seems to think that he's going to be able to control Doomsday. Yeah. Like, I I'm kind of like, uh, good luck with that. That, that doesn't <laughs> seem, it just doesn't seem likely is what I'm saying. Yeah. It seems like that's not a good plan. A terrible plan, actually. All right, and I'm also been... like, what are you going to do? Are you going to just send him across the rest of the planet to like murder everybody who doesn't want to listen to you? I feel I mean, like obviously. that's actually. I feel like that's actually very possibly the plan. Right. <laughs> I think I that think, is the plan. I think that is the plan. Yeah. I keep right, forgetting we... that, like, that there are like other city states, and I kind of hope we see them. I know. Me too. And I thought it was strange that they were sort of setting up their whole resistance situation on on a moon instead of just in another city. Yeah. Although I guess like because of the nature of the climate on Krypton, it's probably easier for them to just sort of beam up to the moon than it is for them to Actually, cross, that's true. cross like the, the terrain. Yeah. But yeah, I was sort of hoping that we would get to see, you know, we would get to see, um, you know, one of the other city states, and when we might still, because supposedly Lyda's sisters live in one of the other ones. So, I mean, not Lyda. I keep calling her Lyda. Nissa. Nissa's sisters live in one of the other. Oh, I would love to see more more Vexes. Yes. That would be so much fun. 
I was also oh. sort of hoping that the little moon that they were going to was Daxum, but. Womp womp. Womp womp. It's okay. <laughs> uh... <laughs> well, while we're on just the haven't gotten subject, there yet. While we're on the subject of Nyssa, I have to express some disappointment in my girl for triple triple crossing people, I guess. I'm not I'm not sure how many different layers of betrayals are in this situation, but basically the gist of it is she's spying on the resistance. I keep calling them the resistance. I don't know if that's what they're actually calling themselves. It is. But <laughs> she keeps spy she's spying on them for Zod and I'm I'm upset about it. I'm like I mean I get it. They have your baby, but also he's not gonna give you your baby back, girl. You're smart enough to know this. So I'm kind of thinking that our so our girl Nissa, she's really smart, right? So she know she always knows what's up, right? And I feel like she's definitely doing a triple play in that she's telling Zod information, but she's really still on the resistance's side. And that she has in her mind somehow figured out a way for both things to work. I hope so. I want to believe. I feel like she's come that that far. You know what I mean? Like, and yes, I know she wants her kid. Then obviously that's like a motivating factor. But I feel like Nissa is smart enough to 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 figure out a way to have both. I mean, she did learn. Look how schemy her dad was. She learned from the best. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like she knows how to work the system to her advantage. And I think that she'll still be able to sort of come out the other side, you know, helping, helping the right people. I'm going to choose to believe this just because I want to believe that she is smart enough to know that he's was, is never like, she's going to have to go take her kid back because he's never going to give Corvex back to her. Right. Like, I feel like she has to be smart enough to know that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like she's smart enough to know that the only way to get Corvex back is for them to defeat him. Because I'm sure she's, she has to know that if she just does this, he's not just going to give her the baby. Like, she's too intelligent to think that. Has he ever done anything remotely like that? Right. Like, so it's, so to me, I'm kind of like, she's not dumb enough to believe that if she just feeds him information, he's going to be like, okay, cool. Thanks. Here's your kid. Yeah, you guys just go off and do whatever now. Bye. Right. Like, that's not, you know, like, I'm pretty sure she's aware of the fact that, like, his plan is just to, like, kill all of them and keep the baby. So, like, I feel like she's feeding him the little bit of information that he needs, but she's also going to sort of, in the end, you know, be the one that helps that maybe get some information from him for them. I think it will, I think it'll all play out in in a good way. All of my extremities are crossed (laughs) on this issue. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, here's our big last topic that we have not... Well, it's probably not our last topic, but the big thing we have yet to discuss in this episode. Our girl, Jaina. Oh, my God. Jaina is back. So it's I, I, I said this amazing. to you before we started recording. I'm pretty sure that, like, if I had to lay out all the characters and pick a favorite character, just in terms of, like, where we started with the character and where they are now, it has to be Jaina. She has just had such a transformation and it's been such an organic transformation. Like it doesn't feel forced or anything like you were given all of the layers and all of the nuance for why she is the way she is and why she turns into the person she is now. And like, we just keep getting more and more of it. And I like, I just love her. She's just, I think she's just like so badass, And I just, 
I can't wait for her to like get back over there and put her grandchild in his place. I know, right? I cannot wait for her to be like, you thought when she sees Drew again. And also <laughs> right. to just be like, dear Lida, what are you doing? I did not raise my daughter to do this. Right. Um, like, we were good. This is not anything that you ever wanted to be. What are you doing? I know. I need her to just like visit some wisdom on people. Um, I was just so happy to see her again. Although I have to say I was so confused because it took me, it took me forever to figure out what was, what was going on with her brother. And I was just like, why are they just having this conversation now? It's been six months. What's happening? Oh yeah. Yeah. I know. I I didn't realize for the longest. And even when it first happened and I was like, wait, what? Like I like had to pause it for a second because I was like, oh wait, he's not. Oh, yeah. Oh, she's imagining I I, him. Like, I thought I, I had like, just like like not been paying attention or something, and yeah, yeah. Did not I, realize I that. I was legit confused for a solid thirty seconds, and then I was like, oh, oh, I see what's happening here. And then I had this whole like, oh my god, this this was actually the thing that made me like really really be like wow this character is so well thought out and so like deep like the fact that she she made this you know she was raised a certain way and she she made this choice long ago to leave her brother for dead and it's something that has obviously haunted her, her literally whole life. haunted her literally haunted her <laughs> like she makes her ai sparring partner look like her brother and like she she like I feel like there's she has used this person as her force like her you know she gets shot and she's she, obviously she's been alone the whole time like actually alone like willing herself to survive and it's crazy to me because I feel like what what is really happening in, in the depth of it all is that she's trying to justify this choice like she made this choice a long time ago to leave him for dead and it's like it has to mean something. So like I can't I can't die. I have to I have to like finish my mission or finish my life. Like there ha- there had to be a reason that I left him behind and you know that that I did this thing, this thing that has obviously weighed on her her entire life. But it's just so well done the way that they they present it to you. Like the fact that she's sitting there and she's like having this conversation with him and you're just like, wow, that's so, like, that's so crazy. Well, I just remember how much time we spent speculating at the end of last season about, like, how he was, how was he still alive? Like, what did this mean? And boom, just, like, blew it up totally. Yeah. And I, I was never... like, oh, all right, he's not actually alive. Okay. <laughs> I do but I kind have... of love that Krypton does. I'm sorry. I kind of love that Krypton does that. Like we spent all season like wondering about this, all like off season wondering about this, and then they were just like, "Oh no, it's not what you thought." Like <laughs> at all. I would like to know like what Jade has been doing for the past six months besides like learning to breathe in the snow and fighting. Apparently, <laughs> but yeah, I'm so glad she's back though. I really felt like the absence of her last week. Me too. Last week I was like, where's my Jaina? Cause I love her. But at the end of season one, she had become one of my favorites, 
you know, when once she like switched to the good side, I was all in on her. Um, so yeah, I definitely missed her last week and I was happy to see her back this week. And then I just love her. She has such a presence that I feel like no other character on the show has. Like not even like it's it's so different. It's not even like like Zod doesn't even have this presence. I don't feel like even Seg has it. Like she just has this like when she's in a room, like she commands the entire room. Mm-hmm. And like I loved when they were like, she's like, ask me, am I Jaina Zod? Like, oh my she- gosh, that was incredible. Incredible. I feel like she should be the one in charge of Krypton, to be honest. Yes, I concur. And I loved that we got to see Dev at the end. And Dev has always been so loyal to her. So it was great to see him, like, go against the the guy, the, the soldiers that he's with, the Sagittarius that he's with, and, and, you know, shoot them for her. So I'm excited to see that sort of happen next week and what, you know, where that, that's going down. Like, is he going to stay yeah. with her? Is he going to, I mean, obviously he, he has a loyalty to her. So, you know, he's going to, he's going to help her. So that's. I'm like, I'm glad to see him back, too. Me, too. I mean, I feel like I am not quite... I'm very excited to see, like, where both of them are going to kind of slot into this larger story. Because I think it's very clear that Jaina's not going to be down with all the stuff that that her daughter and her grandkid are doing currently. So... I don't know if that automatically puts her on the same team as like Nissa and friends though, either. So I don't know what's going to happen there. And technically like Dev still works for Lida. So. Right. I was having like a really hard time remembering. So like there was a bunch of people who were like, Oh, I guess Dev's not dead. And I, I was like, I don't. I feel like we I... knew he wasn't dead though, but yeah. I also can't remember what happened to him at the very end of last season I because am... I haven't done a rewatch in a while. I'm almost a hundred percent positive that in that final scene of the of the of the last episode, he's standing with Lyda and, and Zod. Zod time. Yeah, like I'm almost positive. But so I was like kind of confused when I saw some people on the internet being like, "Oh, I guess he's not really dead." And I was like, "Oh, I didn't. Um, I I didn't think he was dead." So I'm like sort of confused. And then we tried to we tried to ask the internet, and it didn't really help us. So it's very unhelpful. Um, yeah. So I don't know. And I and I feel horrible that I can't remember because I really like Dev. I love Aaron Pierre who plays him. And uh so I'm like kinda like, oh, I feel kinda terrible that I like legitimately just don't remember like any of any of what happened. But I also feel like Krypton throws so much at you that I think you have to forgive us for for getting distracted by the Many, oh, yeah. many other things that are so going I just, on. Okay, so I'm right. I know I, I knew I wasn't crazy. So I just pulled up the video of, like, the Neil before Zod scene at the end of the season last year. Mm-hmm. And Dev is standing right behind Zod. Okay. I don't know why people thought he was dead. Good job on remembering that, though, then. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm like, I, I, feel, I feel, felt like I remembered him standing there, like, with Lyda. Yeah, because she looks up at him and he's kind of giving Zod, like, a... Like a... What you talk about, Willis face yep he's there i don't know why these people thought he was dead i knew he wasn't dead (laughs) (laughs) well that was why we talked about this last week too and i was like where was he and i said that to you i'm like i thought he was there at the end and then i'm like am i misremembering that 
So I was like, oh, I wonder why we're not seeing him, like why he's not out with Lyda. But obviously he's, I guess, some kind of Sagittarian has been sent out to look for Jaina because th- those three guys were looking for Jaina. Oh, yeah. I was opening him out to be like, maybe he's part of sort of like the dooms- the doomsday patrol. But no, you're right. They were specifically looking for Jaina. So, yeah, I guess maybe like Lyda thought it was. Oh, I wonder if we'll find out. Lyda probably sent him knowing he wouldn't kill her. I hope so. I would really yeah. like I would really like Lyda to get like a like a win for me. Like to do Yeah, cuz right now she's like kind of on my thing. shit list and yeah, I same. Yeah. And I'm like I don't want to not like you because I really liked you last season and right now you're doing things that are making me not yeah. like you. You're not making good choices currently. <laughs> you're making bad life poor life choices and yeah, I need you to not do that. Again, like I said, though, before, I also don't want, like, the second seg comes back in the picture for her to, like, flip a switch. Because then I feel like... All of this will be for nothing. Right. And it'll be like, oh, she was only acting this way because of a man. And mm, yeah, I don't like that. I don't either. <laughs> I mean, and and she... I, I choose to believe that that's not what's going to happen because this, that's, not, that's not the way the show has ever written any of its female characters. Right. But I also understand, like, what a temptation that is just sort of, like, as an easy storytelling out. I just super hope they don't take it. Right. Like, Nyssa being very maternal is makes sense for her. Because from the moment, like, that her character was introduced and we were told she was going to be, you know, paired or however they call it with Seg. Like, the first things out of her mouth were like, oh, we're going to go have our kid. And she's talked about their kid many times throughout the sh- the first season so it's like she obviously had like she went back for the baby for the baby yeah. for the baby tube the you know so pod. like she obviously has always been like this is a thing she wanted was a child you know so it's like you said before like when they handed this when they handed Lyda a child it was like mm, that's not really ever been a thing she's expressed wanting that you're like oh here let me soothe your pain with a baby no, that part just makes me. I don't like that part. <laughs> I just don't. Well, it's... like you said, they they've never mistreated any of their female characters on the show, so I feel like they, it's all part of a bigger, sort of a bigger story. Oh, I hope so. Really, really hope so. Well, because back to Nessa, I always I do feel like that makes so much sense for her because we know, like, from what little we've heard of her backstory, that she's from like a big family. It's clearly very important to her. She, de- despite the fact that her dad is a monster, like, fa- like, like she's very connected to him. You know, it it makes sense. Like, they all right. had a better relationship than than Jaina and Lyda did. So it makes more sense to me that she would be like, "We're gonna have our own family, like away from my crazy father." Right. But right. Yeah, I just. I th- honestly, I think the part that bothers me the most about the whole, like, let's bribe Lyda with a baby is, is, does Lyda even want that? I mean, I guess so, but I don't, I wouldn't, that's not what I would have said if you'd asked me before, like, these episodes. Like, if you right. were going to, like, bribe Lyda to completely, like, change her life trajectory, like, what would you have to give her? I'm not sure if Seg's child that you stole from someone else. <laughs> is the answer yeah yeah no i definitely no Mm -mm. and i feel like too like when she found out that drew was her kid she was very much taken aback by it like oh i have a kid 
Like, I feel like she's one of those people who, because her mother was so awful to her, had been like, I'm not having children because mm-hmm. I don't want to repeat this cycle kind of thing. And so, yeah, that's why it just feels a little off to me, like like you said. But maybe, you know, hopefully, like, next week or the week after, we'll get a little bit more. Maybe maybe she does turn around and say, like, uh, yeah, no, I don't really want to. I don't really want to tend to this kid here. Have it back. <laughs> Have it. It smells. <laughs> I know. I mean, is it like, I don't know. She just doesn't seem like the kind of person who's going to be making like a baby sling and like wearing it around while she like fights dudes in the basement. Like it just doesn't seem, just doesn't seem very her. It doesn't seem to be like in her wheelhouse of, yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, another episode, another wild ride. The one thing uh, that they did mention that I, I thought was neat was so they, when um, Jaina was having the conversation with her brother, she mentions Flamebird, which is a... So Flamebird was um, one of the Kryptonian gods that they mentioned in the beginning in the beginning of the first season when we had, like, the voice of Rao and he had, like, all the, the things on his head and it was each one of the gods. Um, so for those of you who don't know the, the mythos there, Flamebird. I.e. that would be me. <laughs> uh, Flamebird, again, was one of the one of the, the early Kryptonian gods. It's a, it's a massive flaming dragon-like creature. And they, it's presented with a partner. And so Flamebird's partner is Nightwing, which should be familiar to most people if Flamebird is not. Um, and Even I yes, have that one. And yes, um, the reason that uh, Dick Grayson chooses Nightwing as his name is because in some one of the many comics, Superman tells him the story of Nightwing, and that's where it comes. That is where it comes from. It's not just like an arbitrary thing or weird or weird that they're the same word. Um, so Flamebird basically was constantly refre- refreshing the world by burning down the new creations of her brother Vok, which she mentions to her to her fake imagery brother that Jaina mentions to him. Um, but like it's one of those things where like he creates and she she burns it down as a way to keep reimagining like the world and pushing him to to make something better. Um, it's sort of like if you watch Supernatural how they presented God and his sister, the same idea. Um, I where think that's she... actually like an idea that you see a lot in sort of creation myths and stuff and various yeah. cultures. That one of them is like trying to destroy things. And like, that's how they presented it on Supernatural where he was like, I was always, cause she's like, why did you lock me up? And he says, cause I was making things and you were always destroying them. And I made my perfect thing and you wanted to destroy it. So I locked you away. Um, so this is sort of, a similar thing, but they didn't have like a, it wasn't like an, an anti thing. Like they, they loved each other. And it was a thing where like Vok, um, liked that she did this because she was pushing him to, to do better and be better. Um, and then he, Vok introduces Nightwing to Flamebird and the two fall in love. And, but he loves his sister, I guess, in like this weird kind of creepy way. Um, and then I feel she, like all these stories about old gods are very incestuous. Yeah, very incestuous. And so they, uh, he, cre- his last creation was a monument to her. And as her duty to Rao was to burn it down, she burns. He begs her not to burn it down and to save it because it's something he made specifically for her. But she ignores him and burns it down anyway. Um, 
and it changes him. It it makes him, you know, not not quite the way he was before. So in but they're they are very much like so if you watch Legends of Tomorrow, the way they presented the hawk folk myth where like they keep getting reborn. So Nightwing and Flamebird are reborn and must always find each other. And in every cycle of life, they are betrayed by a friend and killed. So that's sort of their little backstory. Um, I thought it was interesting that Jaina uses Flamebird and Vok to describe herself and her brother, considering that she like left him for dead. And so in a sense, like she burned down or destroyed his sort of world, even though, you know, they loved each other very much. It was very like, sort of like a parallel, like a symmetry, you know? Mm-hmm. I really like that. I, I like all of that. That was very interesting. I would watch that show is what I'm saying. <laughs> what I'm like, saying is if you wanted to make a flame bird nightwing spinoff, I, like, might I would 100% watch that. That sounds awesome. A Kryptonian gods show. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, I am a big fan of, of like Neil Gaiman's American Gods and stuff on stars. I would totally, totally watch that. It'd be so cool. I know. Cause then we could just explain away things like time travel that doesn't make sense with whatever they're gods. They do whatever. Right. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You can be like, it doesn't matter. They're gods. And in, and in current like DC, obviously we know, we all know Dick Grayson is Nightwing. Um, but Flamebird is the pseudonym taken by Bet Kane, who we might see on the CW's um, Batwoman show. Flamebird might end up being a character, so that will be cool. It's all connected. I love how these little nods are like they're just very organically written in there. You know, like they're they're something that you notice or recognize, or you might not if you don't, and and it doesn't matter. You know, like, if you know it and you recognize that it's cool, if you don't, you're like, oh, whatever. They're talking about this, you know, like, old god from Krypton. Like, it's just done so well and it's written in there so well. It's not like a flashing neon sign that's like, we're showing you a DC reference right now. Like, I know, like, just, you're dumb if you don't know what it is. Right. But, like, it's, it just it's works just like in a the thing. story. Like, I didn't know any of that. And, and I still just thought she was talking about sort of Kryptonian mythology. And... Like that's it's still that scene still works for me, but like now hearing you say all of that, like that, that's super interesting. I, I would I would like to subscribe to your newsletter, as the kids say. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that's everything that happened, right? A lot of stuff so. happened. A lot, so much stuff. I feel like so, that's every episode. So many though. things. I know. I feel like every episode I'm like, oh my god, so many things. So many things. But since we forgot to say this last week, if you guys have thoughts or or want to argue with our thoughts, please like send us an email at kryptonpodcast at gmail.com. Shoot us a tweet at kryptonpodcast on Twitter. Leave us a comment on Facebook. We really like, we know that some of our personal theories may sound crazy. We would like to hear what yours are. Um, since we did take such a long break, we want to get back in the spirit of like talking to you guys who are hopefully fingers crossed still listening to us so shoot us a note say hello let us know what your thoughts are especially since we didn't live tweet this week which was totally my fault (laughs) (laughs) um and one other thing while i am running through um announcements at the end of this installment uh, the annual dc tv podcast charity event is coming up at the end of the month it will be our i believe fifth live podcast marathon fundraiser 
uh, this year, our organization that we are working to benefit is Magic Wheelchair. And they are, if you go to any sort of comic convention, you've probably seen them. They're a nonprofit that builds these really amazing costumes for kids that are in wheelchairs at no cost to the families. I've seen them well before we decided to to make them the beneficiary of our of our I keep wanting to say telethon and I'm like, that's not right because this is podcast. Like the beneficiary of our marath- of our marathon. I've seen them at cons and stuff. They made amazing, like they turned one kid's wheelchair into like the invisible jet from Wonder Woman. Like it's just it's incredible. Like like the kids are so excited. Like everybody wants to take pictures with their amazing like costume. And I just I'm really excited that we're working towards helping this organization with the fundraiser this year. Um, and it will be an all-day event pe- featuring every single podcast in the DC TV Podcast Network. I'm not kidding. It's all day. It starts at 10 a.m. on Saturday, June 29th, 10 a.m. Eastern, 7 a.m. Pacific. And it will run all day long because we have 11 shows that are participating. And after all 11 of us do an hour, we're all going to come together at the end for a big like DC TV Podcast Assemble like live chat. All of this is going to be live when I drop a swear word it will be live get ready we're hoping to raise two thousand dollars and we hope you guys will tune in and listen with us we'll have special guests we're all swapping over onto each other's podcast because people like you know don't have time for this because they have jobs or lives or whatever i don't have any of those things we'll have a job but not on the weekends and so we'll all be taking part in that this was a really long blurb for this Sorry, June 29th, we're raising money for a good cause. Listen, donate, help us out. That is the end of all of my random pitches for the mm-hmm. week. Thank you guys for making it through that. And if you hit the 15-second skip, I'm not going to be mad. Um, as always, you can visit CryptonPodcast.com for all the latest news, photos, trailers, descriptions, our episodes, everything to do with Krypton and our podcast. You can follow us on social media. We're Krypton Podcast on Facebook and Twitter. And if you have any questions, thoughts, you just want to say, hey, email us at kryptonpodcast at gmail.com. We will read our faves next week or just anything we want to talk about. Um, You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play. And while you're on iTunes, please hit us up with some five-star reviews because it's a great way to support us and help other people find the show. You can follow the entire DC TV podcast network, which, like I said, is 11 shows. It's a whole lot at dctvpodcast.com. The network's also on social media at DCTV Podcast. And you can subscribe to our mega feed on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and Google Play, and you will never lack for something less to do. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Welcome home, son of Krypton. You gotta defeat a tyrant free a planet, remember? No days off. Just cut off my favorite leg.